What's happening, everybody? You're listening to another episode of the Super Mercado Brothers Video Game Music Podcast. Thank you so much for joining us. This is a podcast where we share and discuss the very best in video game music. My name is Carl Brueggemann, and this is episode 499. And I'm his brother, Will Brueggemann. Oh my gosh, 499. We are almost to 500 episodes, folks, and uh, it's... The nostalgia for Carl and I is just kind of reached an all-time high. We we have been very dangerous levels um, emotional lately. I think I, we've mm-hmm. been really reflecting on everything that's happened since we started this podcast. All the incredible yep. things related to it, uh, m- mainly being all the incredible composers, VGM fans, all the amazing friends we've made uh, in all the wonderful musicians. Hangouts. Yeah. Yeah, but I so think much. on top of that, also just there's so much that's happened in both of our lives personally since we started this show. It's just kind of overwhelming to think about how much has happened in the last 10 years. Yep. And uh, these episodes are also really fun because we get to kind of share with our listeners some of what we've been up to creatively as composers. But the other interesting thing is, you know, this is the 20th time we've done one of these original showcase episodes. And... I think what's fascinating maybe for um, listeners is you can go back to each one and I do think you'll probably notice uh, an upward trajectory in the yeah, quality of the it's music. It's very interesting. If you were to do that, if you were to listen from 1 to 20 uh, for each of our music, it, it would be fascinating to see how we've grown over the years. I haven't gone back and done that, so that would be an interesting experience. Um, but this is going to be the perfect episode 499. Yeah. I'm really, really excited to hear some of Will's stuff that I haven't heard and to share some stuff of mine that I don't think Will has heard. Uh, mm-hmm. What you guys uh, heard playing in was an SNES chiptune of mine called Grime Garden. Really dirty and funky. That was actually something I submitted to Battle the Bits Summer Chip 11 uh, this past summer. So, um, yeah, it's fun making funk music on the SNES. Definitely, man. Oh, that track is so good. It gives me almost, uh, on some level, just hearing that kind of SNES funk makes me think uh, a little bit of Earthworm Jim. Interesting. Um, yeah, really good. Thank you. Well, okay, let's let's dive into it. So that was technically my first uh, track that I brought in of the day. Will, what is your first track you brought in of yourself? So the first thing I'm playing is a short... Uh, main theme for this it was going to be sort of a concept album for an imaginary game um and i worked on it with a few friends we we never released it because i think we're we were still waiting on the last few tracks to be completed and mm-hmm. you know how it goes you know life sort of gets in the way it's something i, I definitely know visit at some point um, and I think I've played something before it in the past. Yeah, you but, played something from this, I think, the la- in the last time. Yeah, this is the main theme for the dynamics. And yeah, I don't want to say too much about it because I think this track sort of speaks for itself. Here we go. Thank you. 
That was the main theme from The Dynamics. Uh, That was composed by Will Brueggemann. Really beautiful, really impressive uh, just production on that one. Sounds super legit. Uh, Will, what were some of your inspirations uh, compositionally on this track? Like, what were you kind of thinking of before you started writing this? Well, my inspirations were not so much musical as they were uh, this, this sort of concept game Mm -hmm. um and and some of it started with an assignment in class and then the four of us that were working together kind of went off on our own um but i wrote this melody to represent these central characters of these sort of space faring you know heroes um Mm -hmm. i to me it made me think of you know tv shows and movies and great things you know star wars star trek fireflies things in that sort of like vein of heroic space music so i knew i wanted to do something really simple that that could be usable um because that main theme gets developed in all of the stage music in some way shape or form so i knew if it was something that had you know open fifths and maybe a little bit of chromaticism it would be generic enough that you could present it in a minor key you could present it in a major key you could have all these different sort of connotations with the tune but then i wanted to have just a short track at the beginning which is what this would be um just to sort of present that tune without any um without any other distractions in the way just so that the listener can key into and that's why i even wanted to call it main theme so that they can hear oh this is the main theme so that when it comes back in the other tracks they sort of recognize it as a manipulation of that well it, it is nice how much space there is on this presentation and again i just have to compliment you on your design work i mean these instruments all sound fantastic. Thank so you. really great job on that track. All right. Um, I'm going to play a track uh, from my recent album, Sonic-esque Flashfield. I'm actually playing two today. I'm so excited. I wanted to play one, uh, you know, quote, modern track. So the twist that happens in this album is you you move to this parallel dimension called the Flash Dimension, and the music uh, kind of explores different aspects of the, of the Sonic, uh, you know, series, different games, different different eras, I should say. And and this was a track that was inspired heavily by Sonic Colors, uh, particularly Planet Wisp, but some others as well. And so I had a really good time with this track. It's probably what I'm the most proud of on the album. It definitely took the longest and was the most challenging. Um, so I, I hope you guys, if you haven't heard this, I hope you enjoy this. It's Swift Jungle Zone.
You guys are listening to Swift Jungle Zone. Uh, it's from Sonic-esque Flash Field. Um, so yeah, I think some of you that know Sonic Colors and that know tracks like Planet Wisp, uh, hopefully you're able to, to hear some nods to that. Um, but it was, it was quite a challenge because while I wanted it to feel clearer and inspired by that music, I wanted it to be its own track too. And so... Um, yeah, there's actually some some directions in this track that you might not have heard in in uh, a Sonic game before. So yeah, the the break beat was kind of the first step. That was like okay, I think I I have to combine electric guitar, uh, piano, and break beat, and really funky bass. That was that was kind of my first things that I jotted down on a notepad before I even started writing this. Yeah, it, what's so amazing to me about it though is it has the spirit of older sonic music and i think that's just because you carl brueggemann as a composer are so influenced by masato nakamura (laughs) and all of the composers who worked on sonic 3 and knuckles Mm -hmm. and so i think your melodic approach is more reminiscent of those games even though the overall production and vibe definitely um i think to people who are familiar with sonic colors they'd be reminded of that but Honestly, my favorite thing about this track, more than the production, more than all the playing and the the melody itself, I just love that guitar riff. Um, <laughs> Thanks, the, that man. riff is so good. It's so catchy. And I feel like, I don't know, man, I could see that riff being sampled in like a pop song. Like It, it sounds like a Panic at the Disco song or something I, just that would be on the radio really popular. I really appreciate that. And I think I, I'm also very happy with that riff. I think one of the reasons why that riff maybe feels catchy is because it's something that I just sung. Like when I had the the tempo down and I knew that I wanted it to be not based around a riff, but to heavily feature a guitar riff. Mm -hmm. I was kind of just singing some different ideas. And when I came up with that basic idea, I took a voice memo of it. And and then I was kind of off to the races. So I think one of the reasons why it maybe feels catchy is because it, it kind of started off on the human voice. Yeah, it's definitely very natural. And I love the way it sort of builds up momentum. Melodies Mm -hmm. that do that um, are some of my favorites where it's almost, I think the analogy would be like kind of, if you think of starting up, you know, a lawnmower where you have to pull that chord. Yeah, exactly. You repeat it before you really go off. Yeah, exactly. It's like that last time it's finally has enough energy to go all the way through to the end well it's interesting because then the final chord i actually had to re-record that part of the riff because now the notes are altered to now that it's kind of like harmonic minor because it's at that point it's it's over like a five something else uh, i wanted to mention about this album i mean i'm so glad you're playing stuff from uh flash field because i think it's maybe the best sonic-esque album it's it's not my I can't say it's my favorite yet because I have so much nostalgia attached to the earlier ones. Sure. But it's like, it, it's objectively, I feel like it's the best. Um, I mean, I w- that's, that's my feeling. <laughs> but I also, one of my favorite things that you did is in the credits montage, which is something you've done right. in all of them, where in much like the first few Sonic games where you hearken back to uh, the stage themes, you got to do something really cool, which was make 16-bit Genesis versions. Demake versions. Of, yeah, of <laughs> yeah. the kind of more fusion-y, modern-sounding tracks. That was How, really What was fun. that experience like for you? It doing was that? hard, because I, I couldn't decide what I wanted to do. I had so many different ideas. Um, I think a lot of people listening to the album 
we're kind of expecting it to one more time go back to the flash dimension and i and i right. decided not to do that and i thought instead what would be cool is if the montage was all genesis cuz once you're at that point it it kind of felt wrong to to move away from the genesis sound and so yeah, I had that idea that, okay, for the modern ones, and I, and I didn't include all the modern ones in the montage, but uh, for the ones that I wanted to include, I, I, I picked a little section of that song. So I didn't do the full track as a D-make. That would have taken forever. Well, I just I picked whatever the section was. What totally sold me about that, because I, I think like a lot of people, I was expecting in the final boss that there would be some yeah. jump to the flash field or something. But what I love is... You know, in essentially when you're making an album like this, you're kind of making a a point in addition to just mm-hmm. making music. And so by ending with the Genesis sound, you're sort of saying this is still what this Sonic is what music it's all is about to me. Yeah, and, and that was ended with modern stuff. It kind of almost throws the Genesis yeah, emotionally. Sound under the bus. It felt right how it ended to me. So so I appreciate that. Uh, the next thing we're going to move to is a track of Will's. I don't know anything about this. It's called Town Theme. What is this, Will? Um, I don't want to say too much about this because I'm just excited to play it for you. But this, like a lot of the music I'm playing today, I wrote for my music and games class where the teacher awesome. is one Mr. Joel Korolitz. Who um, a lot of you are big fan of his music. <laughs> I And I, I'm a big fan of him as a teacher. And mm-hmm. I think you would really love him, Carl, because he doesn't. He doesn't come across like a typical like professor. He's super chill. Yeah. He's super laid back and he's very open-minded and he lets us all take whatever musical approach we want to take and what he focuses on is more kind of the perspective you of know, the Will, developer and what the developer would want. Before for the we game. play this, I have this image. How cool would it be as if some point in the future uh, he went to a con, whether it was MAGFest or VGM con or something, and it would be kind of fun to maybe do a panel or something together with him. We should think about that in the future. Yeah, I, Joel, is he's a great guy, um, and I, I, I was just always so over the moon that we had a lot of common interests with the retro stuff. Right. Um, but also knowing his music, I mean, he's a very versatile guy, but he and I have very different styles, I think, compositionally. But I was just so grateful that he always let me just kind of go full bore into yep. my um, that's, the that's styles awesome, of music dude. that I like. So I think this track, this town theme is kind of like if I were given free reign to do my version of just a quintessential video game town theme, but with modern instrumentation. This is Town Theme.
You guys are listening to Town Theme composed by Will. This is so delightful. I love everything about this. The melody, the composition is is really charming. But I was just really struck by the sound and the instrument combination. Everything sounds really pleasing. Having that real performed ocarina really goes a long way to make it feel, you know, living and breathing. And it's just a really colorful and delightful track. Yeah, compositionally, I mean, this... You could do this, uh, you know, as an SNES arrangement, and it would feel right at home. Uh, you could do it with, you know, a little bit more reverb, you know, crappy samples. It could feel like a PS1 era track. Obviously, in the modern era, it fits too. It is nice to know that, like, there's a lot of different eras where this type of a town theme feels right at home. Well, thanks, man. I, I think I was kind of um, trying to think of, like, equal parts to Moya Tamita and Zelda. Yeah, um, I can hear that. Because I think melodically and particularly some of the sections and it just sounds very Zelda and that's... It does. Sometimes I can't get away from that. Even when I'm not trying to that just affects the way that I approach harmony and melody and all these things. Um, but then I wanted this instrumentation that sounded acoustic, but almost like poppy. And so the use of like glockenspiel and everything is compressed and the piano has these short attacks and it's close right. mic'd. And that's to me the sound of like what Tomoya Tamita, this doesn't have guitar and a lot of his stuff I think has like acoustic guitar in this style, but I wanted it to have that sort of almost cuteness that sort of you know well if you if you were to add acoustic guitar to this i feel like that would really bring it into like the atelier world ah that's interesting but delightful track man really well done thanks uh i'm excited to play something from spell blaster which is a game that i'm currently working on and having a blast working on this game uh, I'm really excited for everyone a to spell blast. play it. To spell blast, yeah. This is one of the stage themes that I finished. It's called Desert Ruins Zone. And one of the things that uh, has been happening recently with the game uh, that the dev added is every single zone at some point uh there's a battle version there's a battle that happens where these enemies appear and so i'm i'm now having to make these battle tracks that are kind of based on the stage theme like slightly altered slightly more rocking and so i actually haven't done that yet for the desert um but i probably will be actually working on that this this weekend um so let's take a listen to desert ruins zone from spell blaster <laughs>
You guys are listening to Desert Ruin Zone from Spellblaster, which I cannot wait for everyone to play and hear the whole thing. I'm really proud of what I've done so far, and I'm happy with how this track turned out. Yeah, it's great. I was joking to Carl while we were listening to this that, to me, this track feels like uh, he's rebelling against uh, Oil Ocean Zone and Sandopolis <laughs> because it's yeah. so much like groovier and it's so much more fun. Well, than- that's, you know... I'm happy you said that, Will, because that's actually something that me and the dev are really on the same page about. Like, I think both of us didn't really want to just go for a a textbook or a cliche desert track. Like, we still wanted, and I think for all the music so far, we want all the music to be groovy and to be me just kind of turning, not turning my brain off, but playing to my strengths. I mean, one of the reasons I was asked to do this game is because you know, this developer really loves my music and is always using my old music as reference tracks and as placeholders. And so mm-hmm. he kind of wants me to keep doing that and do kind of do what I do best, I guess, in a way. And so it's it's that's one reason why it's such a delightful experience working on it is because I can make a track, like a desert track like this, which is, this is exactly the kind of desert track I would make if I was left to my own devices. Yeah, I, I can totally tell that. Yeah, it just feels like you're completely in your comfort zone. The mixture of sounds is great, too. I, I particularly love, I mean, the way you're kind of like authentic Genesis PSG writing mm-hmm. those kind of um, counter melodies that are background elements but add a little bit of motion and counterpoint. Thanks, dude. That's great. All right. The next track is Will's, and it's Stage 1 Forest. Anything you want to say to set this up? So a lot of the stuff I'm playing today will be part of an upcoming compilation uh, Columbia Chronicles awesome. Volume 3. I released yes. two albums last year, Remote Emotions and Pandemic Dynamic, and they were both um, these large compilations of music that had entirely been written um, for the two semesters that I did last year uh, at Columbia Something College. tells me the vibe will be quite different on Volume 3. Yeah, the vibe will be different, and the reason it's not out yet is because I have to figure out how I'm going to reconcile all these things because we worked on very different projects. Like, the first half of the semester in my scoring class was this horror film, and so all that stuff sounds like Penderecki and is really <laughs> dark and intense. And then we worked on this, like, reality TV show, kind of northern tough rugged that's pretty dang eclectic show. and then we i have all this quirky video game music stuff so i need to try to figure out a way to have that yeah. somehow sit on an album or figure out how i'm gonna um collect those things but yeah this track will be on that upcoming album well let's take a listen to stage one forest Thank you. 
You guys are listening to Stage 1 Forest, which is a long track. We're just getting a taste of it today. Uh, you guys can still hear it underneath our talking. But, we- man, dude, this I, this stuff is so impressive that you're working on these days. I love how the ocarina has kind of become like a signature Will sound uh, with some of these tracks. It's just it's the perfect choice. I really love the mix of the, the electronic drum sounds with uh, the real world sounds. Yeah, another Thanks, just man. really colorful arrangement and wonderful composition thank you yeah this is a piece that sort of emerged over the course of several weeks and it was one of those things where the initial idea i put it together really fast didn't have a lot of time to think and it was initially all electronics and it was just like a 30 second loop but once i sort of got the okay for that approach I was able to extend it a little bit more. I added some of the ocarina colors, tried to bridge the acoustic and electronic worlds. And then I had another pass to do some more revisions and make it this full like three minute long loop. And each version, I think, added a little bit more nuance. And I'm so happy with how it turns out because it doesn't sound cliche to any one particular style. Like I hear elements of you know, Zelda, like there's some things that remind me of Terrytown from Breath of the Wild. And there's some stuff that, I mean, any kind of synth ostinato feels vaguely retro and, you know, of the like Stranger Things milieu that's like super it's popular just a, these days. a cool but. combination. I'm sure a lot of you guys listening really, really got a, got a kick out of that one. Uh, all right, we're going to move to a track of mine. This is the most recent. I actually just worked on this this past week. Uh, it's called Swiss Mist. And uh, I was going for um, a wintry, really just picturing uh, like a winter mist over, you know, beautiful mountains. And so nice. hopefully you guys can picture that. Uh, this one was fun. Uh, it features piano and whirly and guitar, upright and drums. And so it was really fun to write all this, record all this. I had a really good time with it. I hope you enjoy Swiss Mist.
Dude, you're such a good pianist, man. I'm so jealous oh. of the way <laughs> Thanks, that dude. you just... God, move around the keyboard so <laughs> fluently. You guys are listening to Swiss Mist. This was really fun to put together. Yeah, I, I wanted to make one more kind of holiday-ish, wintry, feel-good track with a little bit more of a, not mystery, but, you know, kind of a sense of of mist. Yeah, this was This a would really be good time. perfect for a brand new, like, Peanuts cartoon. It's so Vince Guaraldi-esque. Thank you. Um, the, the groove, but even that sort of second chord, that more mysterious chord, it feels like something he would do because yeah. he uses a lot of these sort of mm-hmm. unrelated harmonies, but it's all very pleasing. Um, a lot yeah, it was of, like well, that, this track that's what I playing, wanted, that mix of... I guess it's mystery or wonder or surprise, but they're all pleasing chords. And so it's like, it still feels like you're comfortable, but you're just, you're like, ooh, what's what's happening around me? Right. And this laid back groove, which is so good. A lot of uh, when this track was playing, Carl and I were just sort of geeking out about uh, the specific virtual instrument that mm-hmm. he used for this piano. And I just love the the delicate touch of it. It's very clear, but it has a mm-hmm. sort of mellow sound. It's not overly bright. Um, and it just, it sounds wonderful. I mean, also your playing is phenomenal. I love the, oh, thank you. your soloing and everything. It's just, yeah, it's, it, what's interesting is I feel like the music we used to make, and part of this was maybe in my head, but I felt like we were almost like trying to sound legitimate and now i feel like (laughs) our music just is legitimate um but maybe it always was legitimate and there's also that mental gap but like this just sounds a hundred percent polished and professional there's nothing about this that feels like amateur at all i really appreciate it man it was fun to make and it it came together super quickly it was basically one day uh, as far as all of the writing and recording and then the you know the next day kind of mixing it basically so it was it was and fast you mix and this on your new monitors that you yes. got for christmas yes which i'm really really happy and excited about and so i'm excited for my my mixes to to keep improving i definitely noticed that with this track i was like wow this sounds better than <laughs> it was any really mix cute. that i've done before our 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 nephews um when they saw this giant box of a christmas present i'm sure they were like hoping it was for them <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And then they saw that Oh no, it's They for would Uncle not Carl. enjoy it as much as as much as me. All right. Yeah. Let's move on to a track of Wills. A track from uh this summer's uh Marcado Bros release, Hero of Legend, A Season of Shadow, uh Nagata's Farm. Yeah, it's interesting. This we Since the last time we've done one of these episodes, we released uh, volume two of Hero of Legend, which was a huge thing for us. It's something we've been working on for years, and it's part of this even larger project, a three-album project that we have planned. Mm -hmm. Um, And I'm just so happy with how this album turned out. I really think it's the three of us, some of our all-time best work and some of our best work together. I think it's the best. um, It's probably, and again, it's hard because I'm so close to it, but I would say it's probably the strongest Marcado Bros collaborative album um, that we've put out. It's just, it's just, the tracks are so strong and they're all so good and so different and it's very diverse and and sweeping and so yeah i could not be more proud of this whole this whole project yeah so this track nagata's farm nagata um as most of you probably will know is a tribute to kenta nagata who composed a lot of the music for the legend of zelda wind waker 
Um, and so a lot of the names that we used in both of these games are um, acknowledgements of classic Zelda composers. So this not that this track has specific influence from Kenta Nagata, but just as we were sort of populating this world, we wanted it's to... It's a good thing to do for names. Yeah, <laughs> use that for names. So this is just a pastoral farm theme. Uh, it hopefully will conjure up memories of Lon Lon Ranch and things like that. This is Nagata's Farm. Nagata's Farm from second volume of Hero of Legend, which came out this summer. If you haven't checked it out, definitely do so. Yeah, this is such a charming piece of music. It's also very atmospheric. I mean, the kind of rocking chair really puts you on, you know, a farm porch in the summer and just, you know, enjoying the nature and swaying back and forth. It really feels like, you know, people are performing this on their porch. It's super laid back, super comforting. Well, I have to give a shout out to Carlos because um, this wasn't my first attempt at a ranch Mm -hmm. theme. I actually wrote another thing before this and I shared just the voice memo with him right after I Mm -hmm. wrote it. And I remember he said, it's good, but it doesn't quite sound like a ranch to me and I can't remember what he said it sounded like now but right. it was like it was some other location that it made him think of so then it made me go back and I was thinking okay how can I make this unmistakable more ranchy um, and <laughs> needs I, I, more ranch I think it came down to the chord progression and the specifics of the melody um, yeah. the, I think some of the rhythms and the way that it repeats, it has this sort of circular quality and a little bit more folksy, but I'm so, I, I so prefer this to what I initially came up with, but I, I don't think I would have gotten to this. Well, thanks Carlos. Were it not for Carlos. <laughs> All right. I'm going to play one more track today from Sonic-esque Flashfield, and this is a Genesis one. Uh, this is near the end of the album uh, when it goes back to the Genesis sound. This is the final imaginary stage uh, just before you fight the final boss and it's one of my favorite tracks probably in my top three of the album uh i just had a really great time composing this one it's diabolical doorway zone
You guys are listening to Diabolical Doorway Zone from Sonic-esque Flash Field. Um, if you haven't heard this, you can check this out on my bandcamp, carlbmusic.bandcamp.com. This one's also on the streaming platforms as well. Yeah, um, it was fun. Most of this album was written and created chronologically, starting from you know what you first hear uh, to what you you know the end of the album. And so this was one of the final tracks that I made. And so I think I had so much energy and so much excitement from what I've done before, and like I I had at this point already finished all the modern stuff, and and I was feeling like that was very successful and and working really well. And so coming back to Genesis, I was like, all right, let's just rock out. Let's just make something really high energy, you know, obviously diabolical and a little bit creepy, but fun as well. Uh, Bringing back the classic (laughs) Sonic-esque sync lead, which I couldn't resist doing. Yeah. Yeah, had a good time with this one. It's so great. And I feel like there's a little bit of tragedy and melancholy in this oh, yeah. track that I'm, Especially I, I with felt the, the first time I heard it. Yeah. Harmonically. And even as soon as the melody comes in, it's like, it's that high mm-hmm. energy thing. But there's a similar feeling that I think a lot of final stage themes give me. Like, I think the, um, I, the first one that comes to my mind is, uh, Super Mario Galaxy 2, that epic final stage I totally, theme. yeah, There's dude, something melancholy about that. I was that. thinking about that. I was thinking about a lot of those final stages, and, like, part of it is, like, the, the, the part of the chord progression where the bass is staying the same and the chords are changing around it. Yeah. The sense of kind of stasis, and, like, this is, you know, there's a lot coming at you and like you really can't blink you can't miss it but yeah it's yeah that was definitely some of uh some of what i was trying to do with this track awesome well this next one that i'm sharing is uh pretty quirky and eclectic but um (laughs) that's that's game music for you it is Um, this this track uh how do I explain this? So this features a string quartet that I conducted and it it's a this piece is essentially a fairly authentic baroque style fugue. Um there's there's I, I, there's a few elements musically um in the fugue that I tried to incorporate slightly more modern or romantic harmonies and choices but um, it's, it's a fairly authentic Baroque fugue, but the catch is that, um, the assignment for this track was to make a piece that sounded like switched on Bach by Wendy Carlos, which is mm. kind of a classic uh, old school Moog synthesizer arrangements of, um, uh, great pieces by Bach. And so that meant that incorporating uh, a very retro synth sound, but all along with this string quartet. And the idea was idea, that um, this character uh, of the king played something, a made up instrument called the electric harpsichord. So um, I was tasked with figuring out how to basically create that sound for myself. So I kind of wanted it to be identifiable as like a harpsichord and have that kind of attack and bite and sound. But I also wanted that retro synthy. Well, it's kind so funny you say that sound. There's a keyscape patch. Um, that is the electric harpsichord. You, you got to check it out at some point, man. That's awesome. So yeah, this, <laughs> this track is, is very quirky, but I hope you'll enjoy it. It's called in his majesty's honor.
absolutely outstanding. You guys just uh, were listening to In His Majesty's Honor. Uh, we'll we'll kind of loop it again underneath our talking here. Really outstanding writing, Will. I don't know if it was just because we had that recent episode, but I was reminded a little bit of Jake Kaufman, especially when, when you know, and he's done this a lot lately when he's sending up some, some classical forms. Um, really cool and quirky combination. And, and yes, it makes me think of video game music because I don't know any other medium where where you would really have that. Um, but yeah, that that's really cool. It's a cool idea, and you definitely you know you knocked it out of the park. Oh, thanks, man. Yeah, it, the this, I mean, it doesn't get more eclectic than that. I feel like, um, but it was fun combining these various things that I learned in the course of my life together. Um, and I took this class in college um, called. Well, it's very confident too. I mean, it thanks. doesn't. It's not jarring. Well, I took this class in college called Contrapuntal Techniques, where we dove very deep into the theory of um, Baroque counterpoint. Um, and I actually had to get some of my old books out and go through my notes just to make sure I wanted to, you know, do it as authentically as I could. Um, because Absolutely. I felt like that added to the humor of it. Like part of the the joke, really, of this piece of music is that the the notes in the music has, in my opinion, has to be super earnest and oh, sincere. Absolutely, and yep. that's what Which makes is why the comedy of, of the electronics that much more funny if it was lazily composed i think it would just sound messy where i think but there's something funny about hearing this like string quartet doing this hoity-toity music and you're yeah dude it was that was absolutely delightful what a treat that was what a rare treat uh so guys over the years uh will and myself and marty we've obviously done a lot of music uh, that is sending up or paying tribute to composers and series that we love uh homages if you will uh, this is an homage uh, track uh, that I made recently, and it was a track that I composed in the style of the Twin Bee series, actually, and particularly kind of the Saturn era, like Twin Bee Yahoo. And so part of it was kind of fun to go for that sound of like, all right, I want to find some cheesy, uh, you know, synths and sounds that remind us of the late 90s. Mixed actually with some F, with some FM because I thought that would be a good mix, um, and just that really colorful, happy Twin B sound. So it was fun to make this track. It's called "Flying Over the Sea of Grass."
You guys are listening to Flying Over the Sea of Grass, which is an original track I made uh, as an homage to the Twin Bee series, which is a series that we love. I had a great time making this. I mean, what's not to love about this? It's catchy, <laughs> it's infectious, it's melodic, it has a very happy and positive chord progression, and it has that earnestness, that kind of delving headfirst into the realm <laughs> of cheese with no kind of... Uh, insecure um over self-awareness it's like yeah. I, I love music like this and this is what we love about game music is that it's just so and particularly cute em up music right well yeah it's it's comfortable being itself i mean if it's a person i picture you know some kind of gender bending person with fluorescent hair just fully confident in their own skin, making their own big choices. Smile, big you know, smile. You know, it's face. like, but it's I, there's something so infectious about someone who has that that confidence to just be completely themselves, and they're not yep. looking over their shoulder and worrying about like, oh, what are they thinking about me? And I should I shouldn't speak up now, and I should be quiet. And it's like this music is just so confident, but it it's got nothing but love and joy to give. Well, thanks. That is such a sweet uh, way to describe it. That was kind of my my goals went when writing it, and you know you know it shouldn't be surprising. But when you make music like this, when you're working on music that's so happy and positive, it makes you feel good like i just i felt really happy working on it and it was it was a really kind of cathartic track to work on uh will i'm excited i don't know what this next track is but uh, it's called enemies inbound what is this yeah so this is the final boss track from superstar squadron i've never played this mm. on the podcast before i but... forgot the title of this so yes obviously i've heard this before yeah this is um uh an fds chiptune um, and it uses some pretty quirky musical elements, different odd meters. But my goal was to do something that sounded very proggy and very kind of experimental and high energy action-y, but hopefully would still have a melody that had like... I, I don't know, a shape that was memorable. Like, I wanted to do, like, what would be the Koji Kondo version of something like that? So rather than just nothing but endless shredding and kind of improvisatory stuff, I wanted there still to be some sort of melodic idea at the center. Let's take a listen to Enemies Inbound. <laughs> guys listening to enemies inbound from superstar squadron composed by will brueggemann 
I haven't heard this track in a long time and I forgot how how groovy it is. Yeah, it's just really, really great groove, great melody, great implementation. Um, it also works super well uh, in you know if you think about the imaginary context that uh, that this would be if it was a game. It, I think it worked really well for that. But one thing that's so fun about Superstar Squadron is it's so enjoyable as an album. And so I think you walked a really difficult and fine line with it because you wanted it to just be an enjoyable album to listen to while also still feeling like, oh, I can imagine this context and I can imagine what it would be like if I was playing this part. Well, thanks, man. And yeah, I, I, a, a lot of this album, I did try to incorporate, um, I guess, like 8-bit sound effects into the music. So that kind I of love panning, that. Blah, 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 blah. I think of that as like, if I were actually implementing this into a game, that would be a separate layer that would come in. So like, if you picture the, the villains fly these ships called propeller heads in our, in mm-hmm. Carlos and our like imaginary version of this game. And so I picture like, as those pan and sweep from left to right, they're flying across the screen. And sometimes when you hear that, blah, 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 that would be like after you destroy one and it comes plummeting to the yeah. ground. So imaginative. Yeah, there's something so perfect about you and the FDS expansion. Like, I know you love it so much. It just oh, feels thanks, like so perfect for, for Will because you've definitely dabbled in, in VRC6 before, but FDS seems like your kind of happy place. Like, it's just it's just enough of that, you know, you have a little more possibilities with that extra channel but yeah you just you do a lot with that fds chip and it feels great i do great. think there's something about four voices that's just um it's a very fundamental elemental aspect of uh mm-hmm. just music i mean chorale writing and thinking of soprano alto tenor bass there's something i i like about that balance i mean to me there's For nothing sure. more classic than just the default nes in three-part writing is so central to what makes a lot of that music really catchy but i think superstar squadron i wasn't as concerned with keeping to those um strict old school not just limitations but the style of that composition for superstar squadron i kind of wanted to go the other direction and have every track be sort of hypercharged so that every if they were players i want them all to be exhausted by the end of every track and they're all playing and doing all this kind of craziness because at the end of the day you know it was an album and i wanted it to be enjoyable music absolutely and if you guys for some reason haven't heard that album head over to williambmusic.bandcamp.com and check it out the next track that i'm gonna play uh is from a game that i'm also currently working on i've been working on this for maybe the past few months or so i think this is a game that the it's it's basically just one guy who's working on this game and he asked me to do the music and i think it's going to be a very slow process uh he's kind of slowly working away at the game right now it's called maze stalker and one thing that's fun is by far the biggest inspiration for what he wanted the music to be is land stalker the game that we just had that spotlight on the wonderful takanochi score so he wanted it genesis um there's some other inspirations that that he has as well um but it's it's been it's been a fun project this is a dungeon theme that i made for this game um and i think there was a few different dungeon reference tracks that he sent me so the sound of this game that i've done so far it's genesis but kind of expanded and so there's more channels than would have been possible back then there's also occasional other synths that might not be exactly fm so it's kind of a slightly expanded genesis sound i hope you enjoy dungeon theme one from may stalker here we go 
Cool, you guys are listening to Dungeon Theme 1. This is from a game that I'm currently scoring. Uh, it's currently called Maze Stalker. I'm not sure if that will be the final title. So it's cool. The, the two main games that I'm kind of solo scoring right now are both Genesis, and uh, they're both really fun. I mean, this I think this score challenges and pushes me to directions that I wouldn't necessarily choose much more than Spellblaster. Right. Um, a lot of times, you know, the dev of Spellblaster just says, do your thing. Like, here's the here's what the, the stage will look like. Do whatever you think is cool. Where this one, uh, this dev has a lot more specific, you know, things he's looking for and emotions and references. And so, um, but yeah, it's, it's, it's two really fun projects to work on at the same time. And hope you guys liked this one. Yeah, it's fantastic. I love the, the mixture of, you know, harmonically... It feels very filmic, um, whether mm-hmm. it's sort of yep. like m- more of the 80s, 90s, gothic, Tim Burton-y type of thing, or even yep. like an older Bernard Herrmann film noir kind of a lot sound. Of, yeah, a lot of the work I've done so far on this game has been actually very filmic, so that's been fun. And it's cool, though, mixing that with more traditional like VGM forms and structures right. and sounds so it's a great mixture and also a little bit of groove right it doesn't hurt to have a little bit of groove does it right and i mean that's part of that classic that's what makes it feel um gamey i guess yeah yep and fun all right well uh you're gonna play another track from hero of legend 2 yeah this is a very short little theme but um it was one of the most fun things to work on for the album because we had the idea that our hero or heroine um you know we were wondering what should her magical instrument be because in the zelda series there's always a magical instrument and we thought well let's go in a different direction how about instead of a magical instrument um, it's a magical melody that she sings based upon this particular scale that we had worked mm-hmm. out. So there's several um, themes in this album that are uh, incorporate that particular scale into it. Um, but this track, Serenade of Seasons, um, you'll uh, you'll sort of hear it. it. It functions essentially where our hero sings this tune and it's able to change the seasons. And so she could change it from hmm. spring to summer or summer to fall or what have you. So it's just sort of a short little jingle that would um, capture that particular sequence of events in the game. This is Serenade of Seasons. Love this melody. This is Serenade of Seasons. It's from Hero of Legend, A Season of Shadow. Such an important track. Uh, Will, at some point, it would be fun for you to revisit this and make like an extended version. Like if there was some sort of uh, point in this game where there was a cutscene where this would play followed by like some other looped section. Um, yeah, it's it's just you kind of 
this is a track that definitely leaves you wanting more in a good way. It's like, oh man, that was pretty. Well, and I think I really wanted it to just be 30 seconds because uh, and yeah, part of the reason I why I called it Serenade that. of Seasons as opposed to something else is um, so much of my favorite music from Ocarina of Time really functions in that way. Like if you think Absolutely. of the Serenade of Water, it's just this short jingle and it, it presents its melodic ideas once and then it has an ending. And yet it tells such a story in those 30 seconds. And so I wanted it to be something that could be like that, where it does leave you wanting more. And I feel like there's enough material here that, you know, you could just kind of loop those ideas indefinitely. And we have other right. tracks in the soundtrack that have that sort of quality where it's just a loopable short idea. Um, and so hopefully that, you know, the, this track leaving you wanting more gets satisfied by the things that happen next on the album. But yeah, I'm, I'm really happy with how this one turned out. I also, I like writing short music because um, I don't know. I, I try to be a bit of a perfectionist when I'm working on music and it's really hard to have a four minute piece of music that you feel like you get everything right. Cause there's just too much to keep track of. And then you change this and then that affects that. But like with something, I, I feel pretty confident that I can make a 30 second piece of music that I'm really proud of that does everything that I want it to do. And so, I don't know, there's something fun about just having these small I totally little bite-sized things. Well, mission accomplished on that. Thanks, uh, this is a very relaxing track. So I'm actually working on a very kind of casually and slowly, an upcoming SNES album uh, of my own. And when I started making some tracks, basically it was a really good palate cleanser. I got kind of sad after I finished Flashfield. Mm -hmm. And I was like, what can I do that's just different? And obviously SNES, right? That's a really nice change of pace from FM. And so I started just composing some some tracks for no particular reason. Started to go back to old compositions that I had never really done anything with and fleshed some things out. And at this point, um, I think it's it's starting to feel like an imaginary game, uh, like an imaginary RPG soundtrack is kind of what it's currently feeling. So I don't know exactly how it's going to mutate and grow in the future, but I'm looking forward to it. Hopefully, I'll, I'll be releasing it at some point in 2022. This is a track called Early Morning Reflections.
You guys are listening to Early Morning Reflections. And this is going to be on an upcoming SNES album of mine that I'm really looking forward to. It's been really cathartic and calming to, to work on the tracks of this album, and I look forward to many more. Carl, I don't mean to alarm you, but I think this is one of my favorite things you've ever written. Oh, I know it's thanks, very dude. unassuming. It's just like a simple little piece, but it's so yeah. beautiful. I mean, it, that melody just hit me instantly. Um, oh, that's, it's so really happy to tender hear that. and sweet, and it's just to me also what I like about this track is it just feels like it has nothing to prove. Like it's yeah. using SNES instruments, but it's not using them in a show-off way of like remember this sound from your childhood. No, not at all. I mean, you you actually touched on something which I was thinking about is it's kind of Animal Crossingy, and yeah. I was thinking about that. And then I mean, did you enjoy that folk acoustic guitar solo? That was a silly choice. <laughs> oh no, the whole thing was just delicious delightful the the Thanks, chords man. the the whole production i mean yeah it's so interesting as we all grow and change um there are there are aspects to our music that you know this is something that i can't imagine you writing 12 years ago you know yeah for not sure. just in terms of the implementation but the music itself it's like it, it just sounds a little bit more adult this doesn't sound like something that was written by you know, a college student mm-hmm. or someone in their early twenties. This sounds like, you know, what I'm saying. Like this, yeah, this yeah. needs kind of a, a sweater vest and a a hot cup of coffee or right. something more. You know, smoking a pipe. Like it's 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 proper. Adult and and that's music. what I look forward to on this album is to have examples like this where I'm going in a direction that I typically don't go, and to have tracks like this that are just really relaxing and like I'm yeah. not. I'm not trying to bite off too much on, on this. Well, and what I love is like so much of this, I think, fits for the season. It's it's all wintry and um, yeah, that Swiss Mist track also <laughs> had a great sense of that. And I'm hoping that uh, the track I'm playing out with will also leave mm, people in that I sort think of it will. wintry Well, before mood. we get to Will's final uh, track that he's playing out with, let's play a Supermarcado Bros collaborative track uh, from Nianru. Uh, and definitely stay tuned because I think in the new year, some point in hopefully early 2022, we will be putting out uh, the Nianru Early Access soundtrack uh, on Bandcamp. And so this game is available on Early Access. And so there might be some stages that will be added in the future, but we're going to go ahead and put up uh, what we've done so far the soundtrack pretty soon. So look forward to that. This is a track we actually just did very recently. We collaborated on with our classic Mercado Bros approach. We hope you guys enjoy Chimera Factory.
You guys are listening to Chimera Factory, composed by the Super Marcado Bros from Nianru. So definitely look forward to that Bandcamp release sometime in 2022, hopefully fairly soon. Really excited to, to share uh, the music that we've been working on slowly over the past few years. We're really proud of what we've done for Nianru. Yeah, I, I just revisited... Uh a lot of the soundtrack last night and gosh man i'm just so proud of the the work that we've done together it really made me, too. me smile um listening back to it and uh yeah this this track was fun to work on i i look forward to sort of completing out more of the soundtrack but i'm mm-hmm. glad that we're gonna release what there is now um yes just because i think that I, I think both of us will get very fueled by having um, listener reactions and uh, yeah. having people actually be able to experience the soundtrack separate from the game. I think Absolutely. will be a great thing. And hopefully um, it brings more attention to the project. Because like Carl mentioned, uh, you can actually play this game on Steam. Absolutely. Well, guys, we're going to play out. This was such a fun time in a perfect episode 499. I yeah. had an absolute blast. And yes, the nostalgia is is at an all-time high for us. Next week, we do have episode 500, so look forward to that. We just want to say before we uh, talk about Will's play out here that we just appreciate so much all of you, all of the kind emails and messages and comments and your continued support, our Discord community, everybody. We just, we really love all of you. Yeah, and we're so grateful that, um, you know, we're, I think both of us and Marty as well feel privileged that we get to make this music and share it with a community of people who uh, not just listen to it, but actively listen to it. And And also support it too. And that's another thing to say today is thank you so much for all of your support of our music. It just really means the world. Yeah, I, I, it's it's kind of a dream come true um, to be able to write the kind of music we love and to know that um, there are people who uh, enjoy it and are listening to it. And that's kind of all, I don't it's know, magic. anyone that creates something can ask for. Well, our play out today is called A Glacial Goodbye. We can't forget to plug uh, VGM Con, where we'll be having our yes. 10th anniversary uh, Super Mercado Brothers celebration, something we're so excited for. And we're also, the Mercado Band is going to be performing as well. So it's performing a historic, live. we haven't played together it in sounds so surreal. dang long. Yes. So it's going to be Friday, April 1st, which is the first day of VGM Con. Both those events will be happening on that day. Um, but the whole weekend, the whole event is going to be so fun. Some amazing acts, some amazing guests. It's going to be a blast. Uh, some some of you have already RSVP'd and have made your arrangements. Some of you might be on the fence, but yeah, whatever we can do <laughs> to convince more of you uh, to come out for it. We do have a raffle that we're going to be announcing uh, probably in the next couple weeks uh, where we have a couple of people who can win um, basically the amount of uh, VGM Con pass to try yeah, and, to help offset the costs. And we're going to do stuff Friday morning as well um, to for anyone who comes into town early. Um, because I know, you know, Friday for people who work, it's obviously that's not an ideal day to be traveling. So as right. sort of a reward to people for, you know, making the trek out there, um, we're going to try to make that day as special as possible. In Absolutely. addition to the performance and the party, um, to anyone who's in town, 
we are excited. We're as we get closer, we'll sort of solidify our plans but that's why it's so mm-hmm. important to if you're able to rsvp um, you can find that page at our website supermarcadobros.com and there's if you scroll to the bottom near where it says episode archive and all those tabs you'll find the place to rsvp there and once we know how many people are going to be there um, we can sort of solidify our plans for other activities on that day but i'm just so flipping excited to see everybody me too i cannot wait well this is uh will your play out anything you want to quickly set up about a glacial goodbye or do you just want to play the music the only thing i want to mention and uh this will be fun i'm i'd love for people just on discord to guess but there is a particular classic VGM track that was a source of inspiration Ooh. for me on on this. And I just see wonder if, you can if, get it. if people can guess it. Thank you so much, Will. This was so fun to to share this music and to hear your music. Likewise, And man. yeah, this it continues to just be such a great outlet for us. Thanks, everyone, for listening. We're going to play you out with a glacial goodbye. We'll be back with you next week for episode 500. My name is Carl Brueggemann. And I'm Will Brueggemann. Take care, everybody. Peace out.